0: Hello guys, welcome to episode 74 Alright guys, so we are here with another great guest um, So as I was just telling him off mic that I, you know, I have this checklist And there's just different conditions that I've been looking for And um, I was talking to a friend of mine about certain things that I was kind of working on And just certain topics, and there was like ones I was throwing around like lupus and, and, and others and I don't know how the topic came up, but we started talking about you know sexually transmitted diseases, and obviously HIV is like the one that just hit me right away. I was like, why haven't I even considered to cover this? Um, I just had didn't even think of it, and I started looking around on Instagram and trying to find great guests. And obviously, you would think there's two words I'm going to put together: doctor and Instagram. They don't seem to go together, but in this case, it did. I reached out to him, and he said yes, and. Uh, I'm very thankful. So, um, why don't you tell us your name and obviously a little about yourself?
1: Hi, um, TJ, thanks for having me on. I'm Dr. Carlton. I'm uh, a board certified gastroenterologist. Um, I basically went through medical school and internal medicine residency, and I, spe- I specialize in digestive th- diseases, but I'm also a gay man, and I have um, a very large TikTok, and Instagram following, and one of the things that I do with that platform is teach people about uh, sexual health. Um, There's such a lack of sex education in our country, and I remember, you know, getting very, very little about sex education, and certainly everything that I got was very straight oriented, and it had nothing to do with, with, uh, didn't even consider gay sex. So uh, while while, you know, HIV is not uh, just a gay disease, um, uh, I I am very knowledgeable about HIV and very passionate about it and and preventing it um, and getting it uh, treated properly and making sure that HIV positive people aren't discriminated against in this country. So
0: awesome.
1: A little bit yeah, a little bit about me i'm I'm originally from South Carolina. I grew up uh, in a very conservative uh, area of the country, uh, very Southern Baptist, very, very super religious mm-hmm. which made me struggle uh, a lot personally because
0: I was gonna ask you when did con- you actually know you were gay and mm-hmm. when did you actually come out? because now uh, now that you're that you're you know in a super religious household, that is something that gets yeah. beat, beat into you.
1: Absolutely, for sure. I mean, you know, when I was seven years old, I remember, you know, being in the front yard of my house, uh, swirling around like I was Wonder Woman, you know, trying to change, you know, with my golden lasso into, uh, you know, from, you know, from Linda Carter to Wonder Woman. So, you know, I knew I was different then. I didn't really put a label on gay or straight until um, a little bit later. Uh, But it really, uh, coming out is a really, difficult process for a lot of people and it's a state if you know it's, it's kind of a staged you know you, you come out in stages you come out to who you're comfortable with first so it was easier for me to come out to people who only recently met me rather than a, you know close family initially um i don't think i was fully out to my mother until i was about 30 i'm almost 50 now
2: okay, um wow.
1: but but, um, yeah, I, I grew up in the time and, you know, when I, I, I was 12 years old when I remember first seeing uh, the first stories about AIDS and HIV. And, you know, so first of all, you know, I'm Southern Baptist. You know, second of all, you know, I, I'm taught that being gay is, is wrong at that, at that point and that I'm going to go to hell if I'm gay. Right. And then thirdly, I'm seeing these people dying left and right on television from this weird new disease that's happening that it's predominantly hitting gay men um, in the in the early and, and mid-80s. So I had a lot of things pointing at me that were very difficult to deal with. And, you know, as a tra- traumatic experience growing up, you know, sex is scary anyway. But yeah. imagine being gay at that age when you're just seeing people dying left and right, unlike now where it's completely, you know, completely treatable and people have a little a normal life.
0: Right. Even at that but, time, though you know, like, I mean, we didn't really know a whole lot about gay people in general. Like back then it was like, uh, what's his name? Alana Ritchie. And and there was like one other guy back in like the sixties and seventies and eighties. And then, you know, like obviously people love Elton John now, but he wasn't making songs for guys. He was making songs for girls, which is kind of funny when you hear his music as, as, as talented as he is and as amazing as he is. And he's obviously super gay. It's like, we, he's, he's so open about it. He's married to his husband yeah. and he's, you know, he's, he's amazing, yeah. but yeah. we yeah, didn't yeah, know a yeah. whole lot. So you guys, you didn't even have many role models to even go like, okay, there's this gay superhero or there's this gay actor. Right. Or right exactly.
1: Athlete. Yeah. You had to keep, you had to keep it very closeted. So like Freddie Mercury, right? you
0: know, yeah. yeah. know
1: looking and, 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 you know, like George Michael, you look back on them now and, and you think, oh God, how did I not know they were gay? The first time I saw him walk out on the stage, you know? Right, um, but but back then it was a different time. Uh, being gay was so stigmatized, and so um, uh, you know people were afraid they would lose their contracts for their their musical career, they would lose, lose their audience, they would lose their you know their movie roles. You know, you, some of the most famous actors of all time had been gay, and they just kept that part of their lives hidden because they were afraid that they would be um, outcast.
0: Or so, even at least like uh, bisexual or delving into some sort of gay sex or something with a man. Yeah, you know, because yeah. there's there's a lot of stuff with um oh what's his name John Travolta and
1: oh, there's a lot of rumors uh, about different people yeah yeah you know it is yeah, what I, it is yeah. but
0: you know it's one of those things that's yeah. so taboo and you know of course men there's a there's the whole you know bravado manly man thing and and you can't you Absolutely. know look a certain way um, but yeah go ahead I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I totally. So, so you kind of get that mindset of being in the mid mid '80s, where, where you know we're in the Reagan era, where it's super conservative, and um, uh, you know, people are dying of AIDS. The the Reagan administration is completely ignoring the AIDS crisis because gay people are dying. And it really doesn't count. You know, we're not, you right. know, we're we're not worth we're not worth their time or energy. And it's probably a good thing if we die anyway. It was kind of their mantra at the time right so um yeah so so anyway so uh i I knew that for me for me to get out of the rural deep south um conservative small town that i was going to have to get an education so i uh fought very hard Uh, i got the best grades i could possibly get in my Tiny little public high school in South Carolina, one of the poorest counties of South Carolina. I went to the University of South Carolina undergraduate, uh, where I studied really hard, took every open door, um, got the best grades I could. I, you know, somehow got into med school, um, and um, I became a doc. You know, became a doctor uh, through that whole process. But even that whole process was. You know, it's very difficult to be a a gay man in South Carolina in the 90s at that point. I remember uh, going to the student health office, getting my first HIV test because I had a new boyfriend. I wanted to uh, be sexually responsible for him and get uh, an HIV test just to show him that I was safe to have sex with. Um, and uh, my student health nurse at the time basically slut me for coming in to get an HIV test. You know, oh, my God, how dare you come in here and ask for something like that? This isn't the county health department. You know, this isn't an STD clinic. You know, completely shamed me for everything that I was doing, even though I was being a responsible human being. And I just remember. No, was this because point, you never, were
0: dating a man, or did she not know the yeah.
1: the details? Well, no, because you know, I, I, I said the details, you know. Okay. And and I, I got I got the sense that it was purely because I was a man who's um, dating a man. Right. Right. And um and so I never wanted anybody else to feel that way ever again about receiving healthcare. Um. So I, I went through. Med school. I did internal medicine and, and um, GI fellowship at the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota, the world's best hospital, um, and you know, consistently ranked number one in what I do. Um, I took the opportunity to do you know away rotations. I, I remember one of the one of the most impactful people that I ever met as a student was a woman um, on a visiting rotation in Boston who was a crack addicted. A prostitute who at that point had end stage AIDS. And um, I'm a very empathic person, I'm very empathetic towards my patients. You know,
2: hmm.
1: um, I, I remember, you know, holding her hand in the hospital and, and saying, you know, how did you get addicted to crack and how did you beat it? You know, and she said, well, um, you know, first I was in the neighborhood and somebody gave me some and i liked it so i bought more of it and then i ran out of money so i started selling my things so i could buy some crack
2: mm-hmm. and
1: then i ran out of things to sell so i started selling my body and i became hiv positive and my health started declining at that point there wasn't really a great treatment for hiv in the you know early to mid 90s it was it was just kind of the, the, the new stuff was just starting to come around but she was very very ill um, and the, you know, she had this really horrible fungal infection and that's because her immune system was so down and I, um, you know, I said, well, well you know, you're here now how did, how did, and you're not on crack anymore. How did you beat it? She says, well, I stopped using, um, you know, I moved away from the neighborhood for a little bit. I came back and somebody did it again. They gave me some and I got cooked again and then I left again. And I got out of the situation that I was in. She says, because if you put yourself in the barber's chair, you're going to get a haircut.
2: Mm-hmm. And so
1: I've kind of used that mantra for my whole life moving forward on how I personally handle decision making. You know, is this, am I in the barber's chair right now? Am I going to get a haircut for what I'm about to do? So it gets, it's gotten me out of some bad situations that I could have chosen the wrong thing for sure. So anyway, with that passion for, you know, for HIV care, even though my specialty is not an HIV or infectious disease specialty, I definitely wanted to help serve the gay community uh, as a a medical provider. I joined the Gay and Lesbian Medical Association here in the United States and uh, started advocacy for uh, the LGBTQ population. Uh, During the pandemic, it was really brutal emotionally for me as a doctor because I'm used to going to work and doing my thing and you know getting um, getting the reward of you know working hard going to work coming home and being safe and there's nothing to worry about now suddenly I had this pandemic to deal with where if I made the wrong move I could get a disease that would kill me just a respiratory disease that would kill me you know this whole COVID-19 thing so mm-hmm. um incredibly stressful I was trying to deal with the with the stress as best I could being in, in and out of the ERs and the, and the ICU setting uh, and I turned on TikTok my kid I have kids that are 16 years old and they're big into TikTok and they um my husband and I were on the couch one night, and he said, "You know, what are you doing?" I said, "Well, I'm going to look at TikTok like the kids to do and see what it's like." And that was at eight o'clock at night. And then I looked up from my TikTok, and it was twelve o'clock at night. And I was like, "Wow!" It sounds like such I a dad thing to do,
0: by the way. Like just look yeah, what totally. the kids are doing.
1: Yeah, exactly, totally. So you know, four hours later, I'm completely um, immersed in TikTok. I I loved all the different things that you could you could see and do. I was laughing. I was crying. Um, there were hot guys on there, which was you know fun for me. Um, there were great right. recipes on there. Um, there was you know there's and it kind of figures out who you are within about fifteen minutes of, of based on what you like. You know if you hit some if you see something and you like it and you they they feed you more of that stuff. So after a while, they figured out that I was probably in my late forties and like men. Um, so I became kind of a lurker on TikTok for about a month, and that's kind of how I manage the stress because there's only so much Netflix you can watch after a while. Right. And then when I, one day I decided to start posting stuff and, um, I took a leap of faith one night and posted a video about, um, preparing for anal sex properly because nobody talks about anal sex and I'm a gay doctor and, um, I'm a butt doctor. So who better to talk about anal sex than me, right? I so, so I started yeah. talking about that. I started talking about that topic and thought, oh, I'm just going to attract all the gay guys um, on TikTok with this. And that's pretty much it. I put my phone down. And I came back the next day. I had like 50,000 new followers and over a million hits on my videos. And most of it was women that were you know, over half of, over half were women who were interested in the topic. Um, and, you know, it just helped me realize as well that, uh, there's a stereotype in sexuality that butt stuff is just for uh, just for gay guys. But it's not. It's for you know everybody's got a butt. Straight, gay, bi, whatever. Women, men, non-binary, whatever. We've all got butts, and so people want to learn about it. So I kind of then use that that uh, a level of following to start building my platform, right. and I started focusing more towards uh, LGBTQ healthcare. And obviously with HIV, uh, you know, it's a really huge topic in our population. Now, HIV is not just a gay disease. It's a HIV is a human immunodeficiency virus. It's a virus that attacks cells that help the body fight infection. And right. it makes uh, a person more vulnerable to other infectious diseases. Before, before, you, go spread by con- uh-huh. before
0: you go on, before you go, I just mm-hmm. wanted to add something to you said earlier, as far as, uh, you know with anal sex and all like it's kind of mm-hmm. weird because like we're in a very sexualized society where sex is it, it, you know it's still really taboo but like right sex sells so it, it's one of these things where it's like yeah i mean you're right like people have this misconception that women don't want it and it's just just a guy thing and all that and then there's the whole like is it gay if a guy likes his girlfriend to play with like it's a whole thing and not to yeah, go down a whole sexual thing, but it, it, it it's one of those things where it's just like we live in a society where like if you look at Instagram, it's just girls shaking their asses, like it's all sexual yeah. stuff. But when then, but then you look at TV and everything, like unless you're on HBO or, or one of these, yeah. you know, you know, uh, premium networks, you're not going to really see much other than some kissing and some shadows because they really try to right. taboo it. Um, I mean, even Absolutely. for a while, they wouldn't even do like interracial like relationships or it would right. just be one. Oh yeah. Um, but or, now, you know, and, and,
1: know. and, and God forbid, you know, having two guys kiss on television, that would have been just the end of the world back in, you know, the, you know, the seventies and eighties and nineties. Right. But, you know,
0: yeah, girls kind of got away with it yeah. for a little bit because it was like, Oh guys, yeah. think it's hot. But then once they started getting like, maybe not the most attractive girls, but they were just like really butch. And so, and then they started really delving into the lesbian community. Cause they had like that yeah. L word show and, they had yeah, you know queer as folk and 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 there there was a bunch of yeah. shows. Uh, Six feet under was a real big one. Um, yeah. it was well acted, but it was just there was a lot of you know gayness in it, and it threw a lot of people yeah. off because it's like, well, wow, there's a lot of great acting, there's a lot going on here, but I don't know if I could take all the anal sex, and it's like, like, but you, like, again, again, whatever's for you is not for you, and if it turns you off, fine, I get it. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, as, sure. a, as a straight guy, like. Two, uh-huh. guys, two guys being together doesn't bother me at all. Watching two guys right. like passionately make out, yeah, it throws me off a little because I don't find guys attractive and I think guys are just too aggressive and so on. But it yeah, doesn't sure. it doesn't make me want to like burn them or throw something at them oh, or curse yeah. at them or call right. them hard yeah. words. So it, it, yeah. it, like I said, back to what you were saying, like it, it's kind of funny how like, you know, we're having this very open conversation, but like, you know, we live in a sexualized society where things are still taboo for some dumb reason. Like, it makes no sense. So the fact that all these girls came to you about wanting to learn about anal sex, and it's like, like, how don't you know? Like, there's so much information on the internet. Like, why is not that you don't know any of this stuff? I mean, it's good that you're learning from a doctor, but, you know.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, well, the the thing is, is, like you said, is it's incredibly taboo. A lot of people don't talk about it. Um, Even on TikTok, you know, I have to use a lot of code words. I have to use a lot of, um, right. there's
0: a lot of kids and a stuff.
1: lot of innuendo. I can't say I, I've had videos taken down that will, that barely are even suggestive. Um, so I have to be really careful oh, yeah. about what I put up or, or I'm taken down. So I had something taken so down because careful. I said the
0: word rape in a title and it wasn't like, yeah, it was on Facebook, but it, it was just the fact that I was talking about someone was sexually assaulted, but I used rape and then you took rape out of it and just said sexually assault or something else. They just let it go. It's
1: right. like, what the hell? Right. Well, and exactly. So that's, that's one of the big things is, is you know, uh, there's all this taboo about uh, about sex. I mean, it's certainly better than it was 20 years ago, but the oh, yeah, but, but, but huge taboos. And so one of my priorities in my social media platform is to break those taboos. You know, I think one of my, my titles on uh, uh, my TikTok is, you know, the CEO of Backdoor Stuff.
2: Right, um, okay.
1: And on Instagram, it's, you know, uh, breaking all those taboos. About butt stuff, and so, so, so. With that being said, um, you know, I I shifted a lot of my my personal platform towards uh, sex education, gay sex education, um, infectious disease prevention, um, identification, and treatment, um, so that people get checked properly and treated properly. You'd be surprised to this day, despite all the advances in HIV uh, prevention and knowledge, and we've known about it for 40 years now, people are still getting infected every day. You know, there's almost 38, 39,000 new cases of HIV a year on the latest statistics in the United States that are new uh, diagnoses and you know we have all this information but people are still getting infected
0: well I think to reach I think what you're doing is amazing because what you're doing to reach people like you're being very vulgar about it you're being so honest and and kind of Mm -hmm. I mean obviously you're so come to terms with who you are as a person and and you're open with who you are and so on like you don't care what people think of you and then the fact that you you know you've made something of yourself being a doctor and just you know you're an advocate and you do so many great things but the fact that you're just like Cause again, you could do it in a more polite way. You know, I'm sure you're not the most vulgar. Like you don't have to be that way. Um, yeah. I know. Yeah. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm. Yeah. You're taking all the taboos I'm, I'm like, out of it. And by just, just saying, look, this is right. butt stuff, regardless if it, it triggers you and it makes it, cause some people will hear that and go like, Oh God, yeah. this, is, this is weird. But it's like, dude, if you take all like the, like, and I think that's part of some of the words that, you know, everyone's offended by everything. Mm. And I think if once we yeah. start taking some of the meanings out of these words, Whereas, like, if somebody were to call you, you know, whatever, a faggot. Like, that yeah. word is terrible. But if we start taking the meaning out of these terrible words and just realizing, like, no, no one can hurt you anymore. You know, we yeah. just we just yeah, take totally. them, screw it. Because you know, again, at the end of the day, these word, a lot of these words just mean ignorant person. And again, there are ignorant yeah. people in every community. But
2: yeah, The reality
0: true. of it is like you know, just for the general person out there just trying to live their life, and people are just saying hateful things or or misconstruing what's going on out here, just, you know, I think honesty is like the greatest way of going about it and not just holding back and biting your tongue and saying like, Oh, you know, the stuff, you know, you know, you have a, a buttocks and and you start talking around it. So I think, you know, what you do is actually, especially to reach younger, younger people now where information is what, what it was in the eighties is not what it is now. So you can look up a word, or I mean, even like WebMD, like you could look that stuff up yeah. and you could find anything you want. Um, Absolutely. So,
1: yeah. But I think I think one of the things that really people connect with me on is, is I'm very open and honest and I speak in terms that are easily understood. Um, I'm, I'm very frank about it. I'm not judgmental about things. I realize that um, you can tell people to use condoms until you're blue in the face, but they're gonna do what they're gonna do. And so a lot of my platform also is about harm reduction. Okay, I realize you guys aren't perfect and I know I'm a doctor and everybody expects me to say, use condoms 100% of the time, but I know that's not always gonna happen. So I, I arm people with the information that they need to know that when they don't do that, right? what do you need to do from here? Or how can you be, how can you take some steps to reduce harm before you have a situation so that you don't get yourself into trouble. Or if you get yourself into trouble, how do you get yourself out of trouble?
0: Right. And what, so, what to look um, out for yeah, and, and, you know. Yeah, just, absolutely.
1: Right, so right. so that's, that's a big part of my platform. And so, and so really one of the big things um, that I uh, try to educate my own community about is prevention of HIV um, uh, through uh, a daily pill called PrEP. PrEP is pre-exposure prophylaxis um, against HIV. Um so as we had talked about earlier, you know, HIV is a virus. So it's spread through um, contact with bodily fluids of a person, most commonly through unprotected sex. Um, but, you know, it can also be spread through uh, needle sharing, like with, with, you know, injection drug equipment. Um, mm-hmm. While the about 67 to 68 percent of new HIV cases in the United States are of uh Men who have sex with men, there's also a, a you know, about a quarter of new popula- uh, of the population of new um, HIV infections is for people who are heterosexual and have sex. You know, men who have sex with women or vice versa. So, uh, so it's not just gay people who are getting the disease, right. but you know, still gay people make up a lot of the new infections. Um, uh, so, one of my big areas in this platform is to educate people on what it is, how to prevent it. And if you have it, how to treat it and how to prevent spreading it to, to another person. So, um, so definitely, you know, if you leave this virus in your, in your bloodstream and you don't get it checked, it can start damaging your immune system. So what it does is it starts attacking your T cells, which are part of the uh, immune system. And once you get it below a certain T cell count, the definition of AIDS occurs. AIDS is uh, acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. Right. So a person could be HIV positive for years and not even know it. And then suddenly their health starts declining and they get, start getting these weird mystery infections or weird cancers that used to not occur. Like in the 80s, you know, early on when when a lot of guys were suddenly dying in their 20s and 30s, it was from really weird pneumonias, really weird lymphomas or sarcomas, really you know things that just didn't happen, mm-hmm. um, and it was because their immune system was so weak. So the you know just yesterday was National HIV Testing Day uh, in the United States, and it really points out that you know you should you should know your status if you're sexually active, if you if you um, if you have ever had an encounter that was unprotected, or if you've ever been in a situation where you're unsure about your HIV status, get checked. It's easy, it's cheap, and it's available. And um, knowing your HIV status is important not only to protect other people, but also to protect your own health. Because if you get on medications uh, for HIV right away, you can decrease the viral load in your bloodstream to undetectable, meaning that you... Uh, that n- uh, any lab test that looks for the amount of virus in your bloodstream can't measure it because it's so low. So an mm-hmm. HIV positive person can be undetectable and not spread HIV through sex. That's called undetect, U equals U. It's a big new movement in, um, in HIV where uh, undetectable equals untransmittable. So even, my, even within my own community, in the gay community. I
0: was going to ask you that, like how, how yeah. aware, cause you're, you're mm-hmm. obviously, you know, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. well knowledge in your field because mm-hmm. you have to be, but I mean, how, how much do you feel like the, the gay community, just at least the men alone, how, mm-hmm. how do you think knowledgeable they are just individually and just aware of, of really how bad HIV and AIDS is and how much it actually plagues that community?
1: Well, I'm, you know, I mean, we, know we've, we've had HIV be, beaten into our school since, you know, since, you know, we, we all, we're we're sexually aware, I think. Um, so we're all aware of what it can do. Um, and, you know, these days, like I say, with the treatment, it's so easy to, to, to keep it at bay and live a completely normal life with HIV, as long as you're on treatment, to keep it undetectable.
2: Right.
1: Um, I mean, it doesn't affect your lifespan anymore like it used to. Um, you, and, and like I said, you can't even pass HIV if you're positive uh, through sex. Um, if you're undetectable, so wh- where where the tra- the tragic part of this stuff comes in is people still know all this stuff and they still don't use condoms or they don't go on the on the the, the pill that you take every day to prevent HIV called PrEP, right. um, And infections still occur to this day. Um, you know, I've had two friends in the past three months who who converted to HIV positive status because that one time they didn't use a condom. And that one time just happened to be with a person who was positive and had a very high viral load. They didn't know they were positive, so they were super infectious because they weren't on treatment. Right. So, um, so yeah, so, so prevention is key. So condom use is, you know, incredible. But even if, if you, that one time where you slip up in the heat of the moment and you forget to wear a condom or Um, or your condom breaks or whatever, um, there's a new pill called PrEP, which is pre-exposure prophylaxis. Now, this is a pill that you take on a daily basis. There there are some new alternative ways to take it, but you can take it on demand, sort of. Um, But the FDA-approved way to to take this medication is on a daily basis. And if you take this pill on a daily basis, you can even have sex without a condom with someone who's positive, and has a, det- a detectable viral load. And it's unlikely that you'll get HIV because you know, it's incredibly unlikely because this pill um, blocks the HIV from being able to rep- replicate in your bloodstream. So How new is this pill? Um, oh, it's been around for 10 years. Okay. But knowledge of knowledge about it is, is increasing with each day.
2: Right. Um,
1: so, so, uh, Gilead, um, put it out originally it's uh, Truvada is the, is the original PrEP. Um, uh, it's, been now, uh, it's been out so long now that it's generic. And then there's a lower dose of Truvada called Descovi. Um One of the unfortunate things about Truvada is that it has, had, has led to a decline in a, a, a percentage of people who take it um, kidney function. So you, you have to get monitored while you're taking it. So you, every three months you get tested. Um, and then there's been some bone density issues with people. So people people have been prone to develop um, bone breaks and osteoporosis um, because of the medication. Now, so so your doctor should monitor you for the side effects if you're, if you're on, on PrEP. So what they do is they first, you know, before you go on PrEP, they check and see if you're positive or negative because you have to be HIV negative to go on PrEP. Um, and then every three months, you get checked for all STI, you get checked for uh, your, obviously HIV included, you get checked for your viral, your other viruses, you, you get checked for your kidney function, and you get checked for, um, for your, your blood count, just to kind of see where things are. So, you, you know, you get a, a test for syphilis, a test for your gonorrhea, chlamydia, uh, for HIV, um, just the whole gamut. So, so this pill is really super effective if taken properly um, to prevent HIV. So, the whole aspect of preventive care in people should dramatically reduce the amount of infections that occur in this country. But you have to realize at the same time that not everybody in America has health insurance. Right. Um, the poorest people are usually the ones without health health insurance Mm -hmm. um so people and then obviously as well the people who don't have the privilege of of great health care in this country so uh sadly the latino and black populations in this country have higher rates of hiv infection in the in the gay community and and uh that's a lot a lot of times due to lack of access to medical care Right and education, an education about the the, the disease because there are a lot of uh, poor so,
0: neighborhoods and
1: yeah, absolutely, sure, absolutely. And then you know, within, within those poor neighborhoods, there are also other risks that are involved, like you know the drug aspect of things, right. um, and just being on drugs can make you have make poor decisions about your sexual activity as well. Easier access um, to
0: needles and, and like co- um, know, heroin uh, and oh, cocaine yeah. and yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, all all kinds of stuff. So. So, yeah, so oh, before you go, on, so H-I-
0: sorry, mm-hmm. Um one of the reasons why I asked you the question, why is that new? Because, you know, there's always conspiracy mm-hmm. theories that a lot of these medications are in testing and, and people can get them. If you're rich, you can get them a lot earlier and so on, mm-hmm. because like Magic Johnson, who was one of, you know, is probably the mm-hmm. biggest case because of his name and you know, he got it in 91 or uh, mm-hmm. and so, you know, he's been around forever. And obviously, one of the big things is when you get AIDS, you you get really thin and he's, he's, he's gotten very chubby and he just, he's just a big guy and a lot of people don't even think he even has it anymore. And obviously, you know, the joke was that he, he paid it off. Like he doesn't have AIDS anymore, HIV anymore because he has money. Um,
1: Well, no. And, and, and that's the whole thing about my, my part in education is making people realize that it's a virus that's going to stay in your bloodstream. But as long as you take medications on a daily basis, you can combat it down to an undetectable status and live a completely normal life. Right. So that's probably why he, you know, that's, you know, he's probably undetectable and just living his life and doing great. And, and so this whole stigma about the fact that you get HIV, you're going to, you know, suddenly you're going to die and you're going to, it's the end of the world. That's not, it's not the case anymore. And, um, right. and so I, I can't tell you with my Instagram across the world and across this country, I deal with a lot of people who don't have access to care, um, who live in central Texas where they, you know, the nearest, HIV clinic or HIV doctor is you know hours away, and um, they're terrified, and they they don't have the education about it because they come from a conservative background. Um, they, if they should go to a doctor, they're terrified that their local doctor is going to tell their mom that they're gay or what they've been up to, or that they're going to be um, uh, stigmatized because of their infection. So, you know, I mentioned, you know, you mentioned back in the. We talked about earlier about back in the 80s and 90s, you know, the Americans with Disabilities Act came along, right. thankfully, to protect people who are HIV positive and people who have AIDS, because there's been such discrimination against people who are positive. There are people, you know, dentists who refuse to um, do uh, dental work on patients simply because they're positive. There have been uh, doctors who've refused to, to care on patients because they're um, positive. There are people who have HIV and AIDS who've been discriminated in housing um because they're just simply because they're positive or have AIDS well there's like this um,
0: stigma it's like oh like if they spit yeah. on me or they they bleed on me all yeah. of a sudden now I have AIDS like it, it's this whole yeah yeah yeah, Which is,
1: yeah. So, so that that whole um really backward stigma from the from the 80s and 90s still to this day for some people it, it really is um it, it's a problem so uh so people are protected through the uh, Americans with Disability Act um, against HIV and AIDS discrimination, which is a wonderful thing um, to have that protection. It's sad that it that it that it happens, um, but it does, like any other sort of discrimination that happens. And I'll even say, in, even within the gay community, if you look on hookup apps, you know, I guess for like
0: grind, guys like you, it's,
1: it's, it's, it's Tinder and stuff like that. But for gay guys, it's it's, it's you know things like things like Grinder. Mm-hmm. Uh, people go on there and they, uh, they disclose their HIV status as positive um, oh, but wow, undetectable really? okay. or whatever. Um, they are automatically blocked by a lot of people or they're not talked to or they're shunned or I, I don't want to have anything to do with you or they're sex shamed or slut shamed or, or called unclean or dirty or just just plain blocked. So the, the amount of discrimination that HIV positive people face online is just horrific, even within with a gay community where we should know better, because like I said, a positive person who's undetectable can't even transmit HIV to another person. But because of that fear of HIV, the stigma that's there, people automatically put up this shield and block them out of their lives, which right. is pretty tragic because you know there could be a very special, amazing person that they just simply have an HIV infection, which is completely controlled and undetectable. But they're shut out of people's lives because of of, of that one simple fact, and they could be like the the man or woman of uh, another person's dreams. Well, and you're you're in a closed off world
0: where like you you, you're around people. You're in you know like Grinder is an app you know strictly for gay guys, and it's like, well you know what's on there. Like there's if there's a woman on there, like it makes no sense. Like if there's a straight guy on there, it makes no sense. So all the people on there. You well, know they're like you now, regardless if they have HIV or not. But they they are just like yeah. you. They're into similar things, and so the fact well, tr- that people well, are like me. you are judging you is is kind of you know sad.
1: Tells me, there are a lot of there are a lot of straight guys on Grindr. <laughs> well, well, okay, okay. Those who identify they're 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 they're, they're ident- they identify as straight, but really they're not. Right, right. right. Um, but yeah. uh, but but yeah, but but yeah, and there's a lot of married guys on there too. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah so yeah, so so yeah, so. Um, so these things happen even within our, within our own community, and part of my uh, part of my platform is to educate people and um, uh, bring the knowledge, so that so that these these amazing people who just simply have HIV um, hopefully have a have a better life because they don't face the discrimination um, that they once did. So yeah, so um, so we talked about pre exposure prophylaxis, meaning the the whole PrEP thing, right? Um, But, uh, there's also something you can take called post exposure prophylaxis. Say you are in a situation and things go wrong. What do you do? You're, uh,
0: like the condom breaking?
1: Condom, condom breaking, or, uh, you're assaulted sexually or drugged or roofied or, um, you know, bad things happen, right? Right. Um, male or female uh there is there is a way that you can protect yourself against HIV called post exposure prophylaxis. So within seventy two hours of exposure, so if you get assaulted, you know, on a on a Saturday, then as long as you, you take start taking this pill preparation by seventy two hours later, and certainly the earlier the better, the likelihood of you converting to HIV positive is incredibly low. And it's much less um, with this with this um, post exposure post- prophylaxis um, regimen, um, so it's basically taking HIV medication for a month, and um, it has definitely helped a lot of people from zero converting, um, including friends of mine. And, um, Is it kind of like, like
0: a a like plan B in a way like a,
1: just kind of like, it's, it's kind of like plan B, but it's more of a plan B against the, uh, against the virus. Right. Right. Like, okay. Yeah, right. You know, it's, it's happened, you know, it's already, it's already, the deed is done and, and we're beyond what happened, but now what can we do to prevent the next phase? So, oh, pretty you, cool. can, yeah. you can present, you can prevent a, uh, uh, HIV seroconversion uh, conversion with this, with this, uh, amazing post exposure prophylaxis. So, so you have pre exposure prophylaxis, which is if, if you're a sexually active person and you're having, you're sleeping around with a lot of people, mm-hmm. especially if you're gay, um, uh, then it is incredibly important to be on, um, prep. You know, it's something you need to talk about with your doctor first to make sure that you qualify for it and that that your kidneys are good enough and that you are truly HIV negative first. Um, and, you, and you need to be enrolled in a way to to have your blood test monitored every three months. But it's a very crucial thing to do to um, to prevent care. You know, prevent HIV. But now, so we have the preventive part, but now we even have the post exposure part. Yeah. So, so yeah, so so there are two amazing ways to prevent. Uh, uh, an infection, are they expensive? Uh, just with, with medication, or are incredibly to get coverage? expensive, they're, they're incredibly expensive, but they're easy to easy to get coverage. Now there's a lot of new companies out that help people get uh, coverage awesome. for PrEP. Um, uh, I know there's uh, one, one called NURX, N-U-R-X. There's one called Hey Mister. Um, there's one called, I think it's F-O-L-X folks. Um, so, there are a lot of online companies that will help you get uh, coverage for, for these medications. And frequently, if you have insurance, you may have like a $35 copay per month for the medication, but Gilead has a program where it covers your copay um, as long as it's not over $200. So there, there's definitely access for people out there. They just have to know how to get it. Um, and like I said, that person who lived in Alabama or Central uh, Texas or whatever, there's ways where they mail these kits out now and they mail the medications to people so that they're protected without having to worry about traveling hours to find a doctor to be able to do this. So there, there is a revolution in healthcare to prevent HIV and I'm really excited about it. Um, with, with this, with, with this whole, um, pre-exposure prophylaxis.
0: Yeah. That's a huge difference from when I was in school. I mean, I graduated in 2008. So yeah, that's Mm -hmm. a, that's a huge difference from what, what was told us that what we could get or, um, you know, um, yeah, one quick thing, like mm-hmm. a side note, what do you think of like all mm-hmm. the stem cell research that gets done on HIV and AIDS? Because there has been a couple cases where people have gotten their AIDS, comp- like having actual AIDS and they mm-hmm. don't have any more symptoms anymore due to stem cells. Not, right. I know stem well, cells is a little tricky because of the government. Well, and,
1: well, well, you know, the, 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 I think what you're referring to is there've been two people who have been, who've had bone marrow transplant
0: right? and yep. through yep.
1: the whole research thing they've been able to uh, 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 be declared HIV negative now because of this whole bone marrow transplant thing. You have to realize what a huge deal of bone marrow transplant is. It is a, an incredibly traumatic thing to go through. Um, it requires a lot of immunosuppressant therapy afterwards. Um, so uh, it's just a huge, huge deal um, when it comes to uh, treatment. So you've got, You've got your, your couple of people out there who have done it, yes, but, but getting a bone marrow transplant requires a shitload of medications afterwards. So right. so it's, it's you know it, it's it's not that easy. So so the other thing that uh, people are excited about now as well, and one of the things that people are really pissed off about in the gay community actually is that okay we've had COVID for a year and a half, and suddenly we have a vaccine. Uh, you know we've had HIV around for forty years. Why is there another HIV vaccine? Right. Absolutely. Well, HIV is a very tricky virus compared to COVID. COVID um, is much less um, uh, advanced as far as viral uh, uh, replication. Um, it's, it's a retrovirus, um, uh, uh, HIV, um, and, and the enzymes r- required to manufacture uh, more replication of cells, they're pretty complicated to, to attack. So. When it comes to vaccine research, it's it, it's it's definitely happening, and one of the great things with the whole COVID vaccine, with the mRNA technology that Moderna and um, that F- and Pfizer had used, uh, is that there is a new HIV vaccine that's being tested using this new technology that they found through this whole uh, mRNA uh, technology, which is incredibly exciting. Um, it's going to take a while to to really come come to effect and come out because. You know, uh, with an HIV vaccine is going to be hard to uh, to, to test to, to ensure safety, and compared to uh, a, a, a viral disease that is respiratory that spreads rapidly through a you know, and can get shut down the world like COVID did, um, the amount of people affected by HIV per year in the United States, especially. Um, it's going to require a lot more of, of a thorough investigation on how it, uh, how it works and any side effects it may have and all that that other stuff. So with this new technology, they've, they've injected uh, subjects with the proposed new HIV vaccine, and 97% of people have developed antibodies to HIV um, based on this vaccine. Now, so that's just a stage one. We know that it can help you form antibodies, but You know, vaccine research is usually a three stage process. So the second thing is, okay, it, we know that the, it, that it causes antibodies to get formed, but are these antibodies helpful in any way at preventing an HIV infection? So steps two and three are going to be to decide what dose is required and how effective it is. So that's incredibly exciting news. Um, across the world for HIV because, you know, you have to keep in mind that while we we only have 1.2 million people in the United States currently living with HIV and AIDS, um, and like, you know, we talked about that earlier, HIV and AIDS are two different things. HIV just means you've been, uh, you're infected with HIV. You can be completely undetectable, have a completely normal immune system. But if uh, AIDS is when you allow the virus to, to take control of your body because you don't get treated or, or because you didn't know you had you know, the infection, or you got it 30 years ago and it had already done damage to you. Right. Um, so uh, AIDS is when your T cell count falls below uh, 200, or you have an opportunistic infection. So uh, an opportunistic infection is one of those infections that we talked about earlier, where where you know it's just a weird infection that usually doesn't happen in healthy people. Right. So like the weird pneumonias and things like that. So is it. So
0: If you take prep for when you actually mm-hmm. have AIDS, is it too late to take that? Like, do you have to have HIV, or or can you take prep at any point? I mean, obviously there's a there's a two well, point yeah, too yeah, late yeah. point, but
1: well, yeah. So so prep the thing about HIV medication and prep prep has two is two drugs of the three drugs that you, three drugs that you, you would require to treat HIV. So sadly, it's not enough to treat HIV. It's enough to prevent HIV but it's not enough to treat HIV once infected so it can actually make things worse if you're only on partial therapy okay because uh, it can it can lead to resistance uh, to the drugs or you know, increased viral replic- replication so so you know once you're positive you should be on uh, other therapy other than than the PrEP pill
0: okay so the, mm-hmm. will so it will or won't as far as like if you actually have Gotten waiting so late to the point now that you actually have AIDS does it, it does not work for that?
1: Prep, prep yeah prep, prep wouldn't be enough you'd have to be on uh, on on HIV medication so okay. um like if there's one medication in particular that pretty much prep plus one other one other uh, drug um, but that other drug is what's required to really knock down the viral re- replication once you're positive. So, um, yeah, so, so, yeah, so it again, like you see, advancement in HIV treatment, the treatments are way more fabulous than they used to be to the point where they can keep you undetectable. There's even a new treatment that's just come out in the last couple of months called Cabanova or Cabotegravir, Cabotegravir, excuse me, um, that basically is an injection that you take that takes the place of taking a daily pill. Because one of the important things about any sort of chronic illness is to stay on your medication and keep that, uh, that level of medication in your bloodstream high enough so that it's in your tissues and preventing uh, viral rep- replication. Well, it's hard to remember to take a pill every day. I don't know if you take any medications or not. Oh, but I do. Yeah. I do. I do. And it's hard to remember to consistently take them on a, de- you know, on a daily basis at the time you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Well, this new injectable medication lasts for a month or two. So that's a really exciting new advancement because rather than having people get, uh, have to take a pill every day, they may only have to do um, an injection every month or two. And another exciting thing about this new injection is it may also be approved soon for PrEP. Um, So instead of people having to take a daily pill and remembering to do that properly, uh, they could go on this injection and prevent HIV as well. Is this something so, you
0: do at home or is this something you like when you get it, you get this? Yeah, you, you, just, can,
1: you, okay. yeah, yeah, you just do it at home. So they just, it'd probably come in a, in a pre-filled injectable um, uh, device that you just probably pop in your leg and click a button and boom, it's there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, wow. so um, exciting things are coming along in treatment and in prevention. And um, even with vaccinate so we've got vaccination, we've got PrEP, we've got post-exposure, prophylaxis, and then we've also got the, the treatments that are uh, you know, advanced and amazing. Now the sad thing is worldwide is that you know a lot of these treatments aren't available worldwide. Um, a lot of countries don't have the money, and and you know pharmaceutical companies sadly haven't gotten the uh, the drugs to places where um, they really need to be to to, to bat down uh, viral loads so that they don't do damage to the immune system. I get you know messages from all over the world all the time. Hey, I, you know I'm on this regimen in Malaysia. And my viral load is so and so. And I'm like, I look at their viral their their regimen because the pills have changed so much over the last twenty years.
2: Yeah.
1: Over the last forty years. Um and I look at some of these pills and I'm like, wow, that's what you would take in like nineteen ninety seven if you had HIV. Um so uh the advancement of these medications has not been a global experience, which is sad because you know uh, millions and millions of people in this world have AIDS and the majority worldwide are actually heterosexual people. Um, you know, if you look at Africa in particular,
2: right. the
1: crisis there is mostly heterosexual and oh, okay. uh, and they, they don't have the treatment available. They don't have the pre-exposure prophylaxis available. Um, and, you know, up to a million people a year dying of AIDS worldwide. Uh, because they don't have adequate pre- treatment. Now, you, you know, we're just a special scenario here where we have uh, a lot more availability uh, than other places. But even even in this country, you have to realize people still die of HIV and AIDS. Um, there have been, you know, I think the last statistics were uh, about 15,000 people died in the last recorded year of, of that from, from, uh, that were HIV or uh, that had HIV or AIDS. Um, you know, it's just part of, you know, one of the other things that they either from the disease or with the disease,
0: I'm assuming those numbers are down though, from previous years, Yeah,
1: way down, way down from previous years, but still, it it still happens. And that's, well, that's like we talked about earlier. One in seven people in America who have HIV don't even know they have HIV because they haven't been tested. They're scared to get tested. They don't know to get tested. They don't have access to testing. They're homeless, like you mentioned, you know, before the show, we talked about how you didn't reach some homeless people. Right, right. They don't have access to care because Actually. they're on the street and they're doing drugs and they're having sex. And, uh, you know, so it's just uh, it's frustrating that it still happens when it's. Uh, you know, we think of this country as one of the world's leaders when it comes to medical care. Well, we don't have universal health care here, so people don't have the same access to care that they should.
0: Right. Yeah, we have a lot of great doctors, a lot of great hospitals and scientists and all yeah. these things, but it's like there's only a certain amount of people that actually can afford it and, and can get the right yeah. care. Even like with me, like since I have, you know, disability, you know, I get great insurance. But if I wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, if I, you know, if I made just a tiny bit more, like literally if I made a couple dollars mm-hmm. more um that I'm making mm-hmm. for my job and the podcast and stuff, I would lose my disability and that insurance would go with it. And then everything would be hundred. I mean, like I'd take like four different eye drops a day. um, Right. And they're all hundreds of dollars for just little tiny drops. So, you know, to get that insurance. And again, like I said, I do okay financially and whatever else. But yeah, for people who are homeless or people who live in these urban areas where it's a lot of poor or poverty and, you know, there's just Mm -hmm. the access just isn't there. Um, and again, it's, it's, not even just, you know, black people or Hispanic, cause there's a lot of poor white people that just yeah. can't get
1: involved. there. There absolutely are. And there's absolutely. actually more You're poor right. white You're people totally. because there's more yeah, white exactly. people in the country. So yeah,
0: absolutely. it's, it's very unfortunate. Definitely. There's a lot of yeah. people that are suffering, not just with HIV and AIDS, but with everything, just, you know, like with talking everything, to people who are homeless, like they're less likely the, to get I, into hospitals mm-hmm. because they don't have insurance. And because, you know, of course, you know, the stigmatization mm-hmm. of them being dirty and all these different things, there's yeah. a lot of things that come into play. Um, and yeah, and insurance is one of the biggest things. If you don't have insurance in this country, you're, you're screwed. At least good insurance. Right. Even if you have insurance, you can get screwed because a lot of people's work insurance is terrible.
1: Right. So, you know, one of the things that we had talked about, you know, earlier about how exciting, um, prevention tools are, uh, that are available these days, yeah. you know, if you test negative for your HIV, um, test when you go to get your first check, mm-hmm. you, you know, the knowledge on how to prevent with condom use or um, now with PrEP, if you're uh, especially sexually uh, a- active, um, if you test positive, um, you can take medicines to treat HIV. Um, and like we talked about earlier, it can be undetectable and you can stay very healthy. Um, and staying undetectable is the way to stay healthy. Right. Um, and like, like I talked about earlier, if your viral load stays undetectable, you have effectively no risk of transmitting HIV to an HIV negative partner through sex, which is amazing. Yeah. But also pregnancy, pregnancy is a big thing, too. So if you're pregnant and you're, you're tested for HIV and you turn out positive, if you're HIV positive, an HIV positive woman who's treated for HIV early in her pregnancy has a very low risk of transmitting HIV to her baby. Oh, wow. So that's, that's incredible. That's another important part of when you're when you're pregnant, you should get checked for HIV because if you're positive for HIV and you get treated early, then you can yeah. prevent your baby from becoming positive. Well, so, that's one of the big things so in if, Africa
0: where a lot of the Absolutely. kids have been getting it because they don't have that medication. They pass it on to the right. child because they're just having sex and then they're getting pregnant, but they're also right. HIV positive.
1: Right. And so, so talk a little a little bit before we, uh, before we forget to about what an acute HIV infection is like. So right, okay. within two to four weeks after an infection with HIV, about two thirds of people will have like flu like uh, illnesses. So that's the body's natural response to an HIV infection and that's like fevers, chills, rash, night sweats, and multiple aches, sore well, throat coronavirus fatigue.
0: unfortunately. Yeah,
1: swollen yeah. swollen uh, swollen lymph nodes, mouth ulcers, uh, all these sorts of things. It's right. kind of kind of like a viral prodrome. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they these symptoms can last several days to uh, to uh, several weeks, uh, but uh, some some people don't even have any symptoms at all in these early stages of, of HIV infection. When, uh, do, so you don't, when do you when do you normally
0: see mm-hmm. like the average? What's when's mm-hmm. the normal like within a month? Like when when do you normally yeah, see seeing symptoms? Yeah,
1: within two within two to two to four weeks, you usually okay. see a, a prodrome of symptoms. But um, again, you don't assume you're HIV positive just because you have these symptoms. Like you said right. earlier, you could have coronavirus. You could actually have the flu. The flu just because right. you have these symptoms doesn't actually mean, mean you're you're positive. Yeah. yeah, you
0: can be honestly like it, it's so weird because I was I was such a. Uh, just OCD free. Like I told you about some of those classes or those, like those. Mm -hmm. what do you call it? Like those people would just come in and they would do these little motivational speaking type of things where they would come in and they would talk about all these diseases and stuff. And, you know, AIDS was obviously Mm -hmm. a big one. And my teacher used to show me this horrible video of this, these, this gay couple who were just Mm -hmm. dying and they had all these, uh, Mm. lesions on them and stuff. And of course I also saw the movie Philadelphia. And so there was a lot of things that kind of triggered her for me. And I was always just afraid of just getting it. Um, and I lost my train of thought.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I I totally, I totally know what you're talking about there. You know, I I was the same way. Like, you know, you, you hear all these things and you don't just assume you're positive because you have these things. I remember in medical school being in pathology class and every illness they would describe, they would talk about lymphoma. I would start feeling my neck and feel a little bump in my neck and say, oh shit, I've got lymphoma. Right. I've got lymphoma, I have a lymphoma in my neck, you know, so that whole OCD thing where you jump to having whatever they're talking about, is yeah. totally normal. Well,
0: my thought was, sorry, so that, I, I brought it back. The, yeah. My thought was that my anxiety yeah. went so far off the rails that anytime I ever slept yeah. with a girl, <clears throat> I could wear six condoms. Not that I ever did that, but I could wear multiple condoms and still panic I'm about so STDs and it, it drove yeah. me insane. And one yeah. of the things that you were talking about, like <clears throat> things that make you feel like that have given you similar symptoms uh, if you have really bad anxiety, anxiety can oh, yeah. cause these little like screens of these little smoke screens of, oh, you actually do have this because now you start getting achy, you get tired. You know, a lot of the, it's, all the same symptoms start mm-hmm. to show up because, I and again, I wasn't really worried about HIV and AIDS. I was more worried about like herpes and stuff like that. And right. I just would start like my mind would just start creating these little like I would just like feel like a bump or something. And it really was nothing. But it was just, it started creating this. And so then I started getting achy and I started feeling all these flu-like symptoms so that it actually made the, it created this perfect storm of, oh my God, I actually have whatever, gonorrhea or whatever it is. And so there's another, you know, so that, that when we were talking about earlier about like with WebMD, that's also like a gift and a curse because there's a lot of people that will type in sore throat and a shitload of horrible things will come up. And now you just exactly. triggered this emotion that you were kind of on the fence of, I might have it. And now you looked up that and now it says you have throat cancer or something. And it's like, holy shit. So, um, you know, and that's why it's so good about what you do and what all the information out there, because there is so yeah. many, like, like you said, all these basic symptoms that happens right. for so many things. And obviously we're going through this yeah. Corona shit and that's yeah. m- most of the symptoms for that. So that's why it's good right. to know everything.
1: Right. And, and really, the important thing about getting tested is knowing your status, because the second stage of HIV infection or chronic HIV infection is where you're asymptomatic. The virus is still in your bloodstream. It's multiplying, um, but you don't know that you have anything because you're not getting any of these weird infections yet because your, your immune system is still strong enough to uh, maintain Right. Um, The importance of knowing your status, though, is you can still spread HIV uh, through sex at this stage because your viral load is detectable. Um, So it's really important to know your status at that point. And obviously, like I talked about earlier, the earlier you get treated, the less your immune system gets affected. So it's important to get early treatment. So then, when it comes to to AIDS, you know, so so you don't get treated, so you you know you have this chronic infection and um, your T cells start dropping. The symptoms of AIDS include rapid weight loss, profuse night sweats, you know, extreme and unexplained tiredness, swelling of your lymph nodes, diarrhea, mouth sores, pneumonia, um, weird spots on the inside of your mouth or on your nose or eyelid, memory loss, depression, and neurological disorders. A lot of things that are not related just to AIDS uh, alone, but, but are signs that, that you could potentially have AIDS.
2: Right.
1: So, so, again, these, these are the things that are important. You, you don't want to reach that stage. It's completely preventable to reach that stage, even if you're infected, by getting checked and getting treated. It's completely um, uh, preventable to, get, uh, to avoid uh, an infection by either using condoms, um, using PrEP, uh, using post-exposure prophylaxis if you uh, should get into a situation that, is a where a curveball is thrown at you, either through needle sharing or through um, a, an assault of some sort. Right. So you know, one of the things. so much you, information is out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I, I think and I think another thing that you know actually kind of gets forgotten is that we have made some strides with condoms. Like they are more pleasurable than they used to be. Yeah. Like there's a lot, definitely. a lot of these, this lubricant condoms. Like they and again, guys hate them. And again, I don't love them. But no, no. unless I'm comfortable with a girl, you know, I, I, you know, especially the first time I never don't anymore. And again, when I was young, I did stupid things and I probably should have kids and I probably should have an STD because of karma, but I don't and I'm lucky and I, you know, I luck, you know, I knock on wood and so on. But that's one thing I think a lot of people just tend to, we don't, we don't, we don't really think about condoms in the sense of they've kind of made improvements with them as well, where it's just, it's, it's more pleasurable.
1: They're thinner. They're they're made with better stuff. They're you know they're lubricated great. Um, They're definitely preventive of ST uh, STIs or sexually transmitted infections.
2: Infections, right? Um,
1: Yeah. One of the big things that uh, is happening more now um, with prep use is a lot of people aren't using condoms anymore in the gay community. We don't have to worry about children, right? Um, Of course. So uh, so so the whole. you know, now that you can prevent HIV, which is the one everybody was worried about, a lot of people aren't using condoms anymore. Hmm. Um, so you're seeing a spike in certain infections like chlamydia and gonorrhea and syphilis and herpes and genital warts and things like that. The other thing, I, you know, another thing to talk about with genital warts is you can get the HPV vaccine um, up until age 45 now. It's approved up until age 45. You can get it later than that if you want to, male or female. Um, but the likelihood of you being exposed already is going to be higher the longer you wait. Right. So uh, one way to, uh, to prevent genital warts, um, cervical cancer, anal cancer, because HPV also can lead to anal cancer, right, of is to get that HPV vaccine. So I, I encourage people who are still very sexually active who haven't had HPV to get the HPV vaccine because that's a preventive uh, tool. And obviously, if you're going to be with that person who's out there having sex without condoms, Especially if you're gay, um, in, the, in my community, uh, on prep, our, our regimen is to get checked for HIV, um, do a syphilis test, do gonorrhea and chlamydia tests. Um, you know, check for everything um, every three months, and if you have any symptoms, sooner than that, so that so that it can get so that it can get treated. I'm not encouraging people to avoid using condoms at all. Right. I encourage people to, to to use condoms at all times because it prevents all these worries that you'd have to worry about, like syphilis, like gonorrhea, chlamydia. all just right. You just, you this just stuff. know
0: people's mentality. Like at some point, I just
1: know people's yeah. mentality. I'm a reality based doctor, and, and you, it's hard to find somebody like me. But I'm a reality based no, guy, and I'm gonna and I, and I know that people aren't going to use them. Um. Uh, so I, I should at least address the ways you can prevent with prep. You prevent HIV with prep. You know, prevent um, uh, nasty HPV infections with uh, the the um, HPV vaccine. Get checked for gonorrhea and chlamydia because they're very treatable. Now, there are some resistant strains of gonorrhea going around that are a little bit more tricky lately. But in general, gonorrhea and chlamydia are very treatable. Herpes... Now you know, you know uh, you the know.
0: numbers. I was just going to say herpes because herpes is a tricky one yeah. because of cold sores. And obviously, that's a... F- yeah. F- and, and a lot of people get them i mean i I get them very rarely on my lips yeah um i got it from my mom just having one as a kid and kissing me or whatever after drinking too much orange juice we all have and that's another thing that a lot of people don't really think of you know because i remember when Mm -hmm. i tested when i was through my heyday of of anxiety Mm -hmm. and all that stuff i tested positive for was it hpv1 or 2 which one is that one
1: Oh, HHSB, yeah. right. H H S V Yeah. Yeah. HSB one, H S B one is the cold sore and H S two is usually the genital. Sore. Right. Yeah. And so
0: I, when so, I, she yeah. said, I had that, I panicked for a second. She's like, no, no, no it's okay. Everyone like, ha- what, what is it like 75% mm-hmm. or whatever it is? 85. What, what's, you know, the number for that? There's right? a
1: huge number of, there's a huge number of people in this country who have antibodies to herpes. So, right. so <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot more ubiquitous out there than people really realize. Um, <clears> so p- yeah, so that really, you, you know, if you have a known infection, um and you're prone to breakout so you can can take valtrex or other um uh acyclovir based or valacyclovir based medications to prevent a, a, an outbreak
2: right. and
1: prevent spread as well so yeah there's a lot of things that you can do if you even if you have any of these STIs you know get checked get treated um uh, you, you know use protection if you're not going to use protection make sure you get checked and treated and if you're particularly sexually active um, PrEP is a great, uh, way to prevent HIV infection.
0: Do you ever recommend, um, they have mm-hmm. HIV or, uh, STD and stuff, mm-hmm. hotlines and stuff. And I know this because mm-hmm. when I was going through my, again, crazy anxiety, oh, yeah. I was calling them just like, Oh God, but it's been three months yeah. and, and one of them, you know, and they were pretty informational. There was always like one person that would just yeah. kind of make me feel a little shittier about my situation. But, um, right. but yeah, do you ever recommend that just like to talk to somebody over the phone? Cause yeah, it, you absolutely. know, it's not easy absolutely. to get your doctor you sometimes.
1: Right, you can, there's all, you know, the cdc.gov has a lot of uh, HIV and STI uh, websites that you can reach, um, uh, and then there's tons of helplines and hotlines, um, just, you know, put, you type in and Google, you know, HIV hotline or STI hotline, you'll get, you'll, are there's a million resources out there, you'll definitely get connected with where you need to be, and uh, yeah, so, like I say, overall, an exciting time in preventives and treatment. Uh, care for HIV. Definitely not a reason to fear anyone anymore. Um, definitely not a reason to discriminate against anyone anymore. Um, it is something that's completely treatable, gives people a normal life. Uh, now, it's it's almost like having um, high blood pressure or diabetes for, for a lot of people. You just have to treat it. Um, so it, it's really amazing how far we've come. And I just, I really hope to you know, continue in my, my legacy to, to, uh, battle against the stigma and the discrimination that happens with it. Yeah. Um, not only in the gay community, but in the straight community too. So, um, you know, uh, I'm at my resources. I'm, I'm at Dr. Carlson, D O C T O R C A R L T O N on Instagram and on TikTok. Like my TikTok is usually a, a mix of comedy and uh, information and education, um, and sometimes I'm just being stupid because that's what TikTok is all about. Uh, right. And Instagram is more more education focused. I have tabs under each uh, under my my profile about each of the things that I, you know, each of the topics that I talk about, right. whether it's STI prevention or HIV or um, um, bottoming or topping or whatever. So, so there's all kinds of resources out there that I that I help with, and if people have questions or concerns, they can always uh, message me directly on my Instagram, and I'm happy to help connect them with the with the tools that they need to have a better life.
0: Right. Um. Uh, yeah. Again, he is really a great follow. Like I said, that's how I found him on Instagram. Uh, I have a couple more questions, and I'll I'll let you be. Sure. Uh, um, absolutely. Have you gotten any like negative feedback from? You know, the medical field of for what you do on Instagram and TikTok is, again, you do kind of make light of it in a way. You know, it's informational, but yeah. people take things however they want to take no. it. So have you got any negative feedback honestly, from them?
1: Honestly, from the medical field, no, I haven't gotten negative feedback. Um, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback. A lot of people are like, wow, I'm a gay GI doctor and I wish I was out there doing what you did. Or I'm a nurse that works in your hospital and I really appreciate what you do. Or my husband and I watched your TikTok last night and we're patient of yours and uh, we we're a little surprised when you came up. But we're really, really happy that we know that you're somebody that we can talk to open and honestly about what's going on in our lives. Um, so that's been all good. Um, I've had some negative feedback from some from, um, from more conservative people. I've, right. had some, I've had some trolls go after me. Um, I think there's one really popular person online that uh, a lot of people followed who put up this ridiculous TikTok? who's like a gay life coach. Um, I, I, uh, whenever I hear gay life coach, I automatically think unemployed, but, um, okay. but, um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but anyway, but anyway, so I, um, I took him down a little bit from what he said, because what he said was ridiculous and, I, I kind of stitched a video on TikTok about it and I've learned not to ever do that anymore. It's not worth the, no. the hassle that comes with, with being negative towards anybody, you know, even pointing out something ridiculous or stupid uh, from a medical standpoint, it's sometimes it's better just keep your mouth shut and move along. But he went, he really went after me. He started making all these videos about me and trashing me and calling me problematic to the gay community. And obviously having no clues what I actually do behind the scenes. Um, to, to try to help my community. So, yeah, so it's not, it's not always positive and yes, I do get videos taken down and yes, it's a risk and, but the benefits have been clearly so far outweighed and um, the way it's affecting people's lives. And I get feedback from men, men and women around the world saying how my tests have helped them in their sex lives to have um, such a better experience. And it's been amazing for them and their partners, male or female.
0: Awesome. All right. Two more questions. Um, do is there any other misconceptions about HIV and AIDS that we have yet to cover? Like, is there anything else out there that you think that people just kind of, I mean, obviously, you know, there's the difference between AIDS and HIV and, you yeah. know, is it a gate? Well, is like, is there any other, other ones out there you think?
1: Yeah. I, th- I think the biggest thing is, you know, people don't really think about it as much anymore and it's still out there. You know, it's still, it's still very, um, it, it, it's, it's still something you should, you should be aware of. Um, like I said, I've had two friends in the last month who, who, converted to positive um, and they knew about PrEP and they knew about condoms, but they got in the heat of the moment. They did something that they knew better than to do um, uh, and weren't on the, the right protection. And, you know, their, uh, their loins kind of, kind of um, out, uh, outweighed their, their brain as far as uh, of their thinking process at that point. And wham, bam, they ended up with this infection. Um, and like I say, it's a, it's a treatable thing now. It's not a death sentence like it used to be, but still it's something you can avoid by uh, proper protection and prevention.
0: Yeah. Wow. And yeah, that's, yeah, like I said, it's just about putting information out there and, um, yeah. Uh, what was my last question to you? Oh, is there, is, I mean, you obviously, you know, obviously you, you kind of achieved your goal of, of, you know, becoming a, a doctor and you're an advocate and you mm-hmm. do all these great things. And obviously I don't think the TikTok thing was something you really thought you were ever going to get into.
1: No, that was a complete surprise. Yeah.
0: Right. So uh, do you, is there anything like, is, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? Is there something obviously continuing what you're doing in, in all well, facets of your life, but is there something that you really want to achieve or, or something you want to see done in life or, or anything?
1: Well, I, I think the, the, the exciting way that things are going with this raising awareness, you know, I'm doing a podcast about every week, making appearances in and, and so many different platforms, um, you know, from straight to gay to, um, to kink, to um, education, to comedy. Um, I, it's been a real, really amazing thing for me. Um, I even just had a sold out show in Austin, Texas, where a, a leather company, that does that makes uh, leather goods for uh, gay that the gay community um, brought me out to do an anniversary celebration and you know they sold tickets for people to come hear me speak and it sold out like three weeks ahead of time I was shocked uh-huh. um, so I know that people enjoy what I say I like the I, I I love the ability to help people so I think one of my next goals would probably be to have my own sort of Radio show, or uh, or television show, or some other platform. Write a book. Um, You know, I I don't know what the next step is, but but I'm really hoping that there's something that comes of all this because it really it's a lot of work. Because I mean, here I am a doctor and I'm pouring my heart and soul into my practice. You know, whatever time I have left is is devoted to this, and um, I'd like to see something really good come out of it in the big picture for things to spread that. Spread that net a little farther. You know, right now it's 215,000 on TikTok and 20,000 or so on Instagram. Um, you know, I'd love for more people to hear my my story and, and, and get that information out there. Right. Uh, in whatever th- fashion.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, last thing. Um, mm-hmm. I always like to let the guests like kind of, you know, especially if they have a different condition or whatever. And I like to let them like mm-hmm. kind of give some, you know, encouragement to the younger you, them. Um, but in your case, mm-hmm. since you're the doctor and you have all the information, mm-hmm. um, is there anything you can say to a person that, let's just say, you know, obviously years ago they considered it was like a death sentence, but right mm-hmm. now they just tested positive, um, like mentally, you know, is there any encouragement or what right. you can say to them to make them just obviously realize that life yeah. is going to be okay and and so
1: on? Absolutely. Absolutely, HIV treatment and HIV medications are amazing. Um, it's no longer the death sentence that used to be. Yeah, you can live a completely normal life. The importance is taking care of your health and being on top of your health. Um, this should not affect your longevity as long as you uh, get treated and take your medications. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just part of who you are right now, and we need to get it treated because Um, It should not define you, but um, it's something that we need to uh, address so that it doesn't affect you in any way. But you can live a completely normal life. I I don't want you to be discouraged or ashamed. Um, uh, This is something that that we can truly beat together. That's awesome. So, absolutely. Yeah, brother. So, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, TJ. I really appreciate you too. It's been awesome talking to you and I appreciate the fact that you reached out to me. I know I'm not, um, my, uh, my field isn't really one of your targets, but I really love the fact that you're reaching out across the spectrum of, uh, of just different interesting topics, um, where people are discriminated against or, or they, they, or, or, you know, the disabilities that come with HIV and AIDS as well. So I, I really do appreciate you. Um, and, um, again, if your listeners want to, Contact me on at Dr. Carlson D O C T O R C A R O L T O N on Instagram and on TikTok. I'll put have it, a great day, guys. I'll
0: put in the link. Yeah, buddy, <laughs> thank you. Like I said, we need more doctors like you. You guys that just actually care and I mean again, there's plenty of good ones out there, but what you do, you go beyond um what you need to do. Like you're really putting information out there and again, obviously being a gay man and then you know, mm-hmm. you don't have to be an advocate. You could just be a doctor and just do your job and and help people in that way, because doctors help people all the time. But what you do even just beyond the TikTok, and just all this stuff that you really do these shows and everything you're doing. Like that's, you know, we need more of that. Cause again, information is what's going to save us. So, uh, again, thank all you. Right. Bro- thank you, brother. And like I said, we'll, we'll keep in touch. Thank
1: you. All right. Have a great day. we will talk to you soon. You too, buddy. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. All right, guys. I, I hope that was informational. Uh, I mean, obviously there's a lot of damn information in there. Um, I know there were some very, uh, what do you want? Risky? I don't know. What uh? Do I have to? Do I have to put like a, uh, one of those uh, advisory? You know the censorship things, like uh, it's a parental advisory. Do I have to put that on this episode because we talked about anal sex? Like you know, I know there's some stuff in there that might trigger some people, but hey guys, like, look, I'm happy the way he is. Like, be honest and 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 look, he's he's just breaking it down to its smallest common denominator and showing you like, Hey, to to get it into the young kids heads and get into anybody's head, you know, the severity of, of what they might or may not have. And, and, and just all the obstacles they may have to go through. And all like the fact that he, you know, he just says it the way he says it. And the fact that he's gay on top of it. And he's just letting you know, like, Hey, I, from personal experience, like I know how this could affect you. Um, you know, maybe not actually having it, but being a doctor and seeing so many people and actually, you know, obviously getting it beat into his head that as a child that he could have it or he does have it. And so, um, I don't know if that triggers some people and it makes people whatever. And again, I know there's a lot of anti-gay stuff. Like, man, I look, don't listen to me then, please. Um, but again, I just want to get information. I want to help people because there's a lot of people that are suffering and I don't know why this, one of the things that didn't click to me, like, Oh. This is an obvious one I should have done. I don't mean him because I just found him. But as far as this topic Um, and, you know, we'll get back to it if if I find more interesting people like him to to talk about it. But even if it's just a one off, like I hope this was, I hope this helps some people. And uh, yeah, guys, I will see you on the next one. And I appreciate the love and support. And thanks all. And uh, I'll see you guys later. Bye, guys.